Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Oh, man, I almost said B-roll podcast. <laughs> it was like on the, it was right there on the tip of my tongue. I almost oh, said the no. wrong thing. This isn't 2020. <laughs> this isn't 2020. This is 2020. 20, this is 2021. Ugh. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. I am your host, Anthony. And I am your other host, host, Chris. Host Hi, has Chris. a T in it, apparently. I forgot until just Host, now. yes, it has a T in it. <laughs> the way to, you, you've been using that word for over a year now. Fair enough. Learn I think it. I've used it before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you have used the word host before on our <laughs> podcast, of which you are a host. Fair enough. Oh, my goodness. Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, besides teaching Chris how to speak English, we watch and review straight-to-stream science fiction and science fi- fiction adjacent media anything with moving pictures and sound will we watch it and talk about it today starts off a themed month it's our first themed month pew, pew, pew. yeah yeah it, for better or for worse we've made a decision <laughs> i've bullied christopher into a decision so I mean, is, is it f- bullying when you ask the question and I immediately affirm it? Like, is that is that really <laughs> oh, well, bullying? <laughs> I guess maybe I'm disappointed. Well, I'm happy you agreed right away, but I'm also disappointed I didn't get to bully you a little bit. I was oh. ready to. I was ready. Yeah. I was in so it. The, the only time it took me to say yes was texting you back. Like, however long that <laughs> however long it took yes. you to type <laughs> three letters. <laughs> yeah, you might have just been yeah. Yee. <laughs> Yee. No, so today is the first, our first release in July. We're introducing J-Tro July. We're watching four movies by the filmmaker Jason Trost, starting today with his maybe the best, we'll see by the end of the month movie, The FP. We'll be doing the sequel, The FP2, or just FP2, Beats of Rage, next week. And then uh, rounding out the month, <laughs> I can see you laughing, <laughs> rounding out the month with uh, All Superheroes Must Die. And all superheroes must die too. Okay. I yes, was I was double checking the name <laughs> there. This is your idea. You're not even prepared for it. I'm. Uh, I don't know how you thought that I was going to be prepared for a podcast recording. You know darn well I'm not. And now you get to watch me be unprepared. Awesome. So I've already kind of I've ruined our normal banter where I would ask you what we watched and blah 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 because we we watched the FP. So we've broken a couple of rules with the FP. The first rule, kind of the unspoken rule that we've broken is uh, typically we only review movies on the podcast that we have not seen before. Both of us have have to have not seen it. In this case, we've both seen this movie. We've both loved this movie for the last decade. One of my favorite films, one of the best films I've ever seen, I'm letting the cat out of the bag now. If you haven't seen the FP, don't listen to my podcast. It's not important. Go watch this movie. I don't care how you watch it. Actually, I do. You go to at JTRO on Twitter. He has a link to a site where you can buy all his movies on Blu-ray, maybe DVD. I don't know. Buy all of them. And if you can only pick one, pick the FP. So we've broken that rule. The other rule we've broken is this is very fringe science fiction. We're pushing it a little bit. It's post-apocalyptic, uh. you know, in that case. But there's... <laughs> and I, And you, Chris, spoilers for next week's episode, you haven't yet seen fp2 all of it you haven't seen all of it yeah you've seen a little bit of it the beginning yeah. and then uh, it was late so it, it you saw the beginning it does get a little sci-fi <laughs> it gets a little mystical little fantasy little sci-fi so it does get there so we're calling it it's our podcast we make the rules 
on what qualifies. It's accurate. Before we dive into our opinions and the actors and everything else about this movie, do you want to give some facts for the people? I got some facts. So the FP was released in 2011. It is one hour and 22 minutes long. It is rated R. IMDb has a blurb that states, In a post-apocalyptic future, two rival gangs fight for control of Fraser Park by playing Beat Beat Revelation, a deadly version of Dance Dance Revolution. Trademark. Trademark. Um, <laughs> it's sitting currently at a 5.6 on IMDb based on 1,633 ratings. Median of 7. Ironically, the most... It has the most votes for 10. Uh, 10 stars. 23.1% of people who rated it rated it 10 out of 10. Yes. Those are my people. Those are my people. <laughs> Metacritic is, has this thing sitting at 50% rotten, critically, based on 24 reviews. I don't think and it's rotten they, on Metacritic. I think you're mixing up your... No, I'm not. No, I'm, no Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, 50% rotten based on 24 critical reviews. 54% audience score based on 500 plus ratings. That's all that says. Metacritic has this thing at a 48 based on 11 critical reviews and a 6.5 based on four user ratings. <laughs> I think that if you were looking for a sign about the decline of society, the decline of Western culture, all you'd have to do is look at the ratings for the FP and go, wow, people are tasteless. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> as it stands, in terms of my initial thoughts and opinions, this movie was first introduced, I think, to the both of us at the same time. We were at a mutual friend's house. He was like, hey, guys, I have this movie. It's about Dance Dance Revolution. And I think the both of us were just kind of staring at him. We were like, all yeah. right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's just, yeah. let's watch this movie. It's like four o'clock in the morning. I think it yep. was when I was working nights at a previous job. I'm and not, I was I don't sleeping remember. poorly, apparently. I don't remember your employment at the time. I mean, it was 10 years ago. Who knows? Uh, 2000, I mean, yeah, who, who knows? But we, we watched this movie. And at the end of it, I, I really did have a spiritual experience. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like... We've joked about we've joked about it on the spot of how good this movie is, and it's not really a joke. It's really good. It is one person's dream that came to reality based on you know the help of other people. It's a tale of loss, a tale of redemption. I mean, it's romance, adventure, uh, like you know, yes, yes, revenge. You know, just, yeah, revenge. Everything. It's got everything. This movie's got everything. I like everything about it. A bunch of white kids using the N-word. Yeah, it's got everything. <laughs> uh, I, with one noticeable exception. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like all the actors in it. I like all the characters. The cinematography in this movie is amazing for its for its cost. If I understand correctly, the FP had a budget of $45,000. It was directed by Brandon Trost and Jason Trost, the aforementioned JTRO. Both are screenwriters on it. And then their father, Ron Trost, from what I understand, he was the special effects supervisor and his property was used during filming. So this is a family affair. And I think even his sister was yes. involved. She did the costuming. Sarah Trost, yes, she did yeah. the costuming. And I should say that these people didn't just help him out. They're not credited just because he was like, oh, well, I need someone to do it and handed it off. Like, these are people who, like, his sister oh, and his yeah. father work in the movie industry, the filmmaking yes. industry. Yeah. They're all connected. 
I mean, yes, he did reach out to them because they're his family, but <laughs> it's not like they're just random people who've never done it before. If you click on Ron Trost's IMDb page. Oh, I've done it. His last thing was in 2019, but he has over 97 credits in terms of special effects coordinator, special effects supervisor, special effects, everything. I mean, yep, yep. I mean, some of these movies are whatever. Pirates with a Y, whatever. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the television show. That has special effects. Sorry. Mortal Kombat from 1995. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. The explosions whenever they punch them and then somehow sparks fly out. (laughs) Sparks fly out when they crow. Crow City of Angels, Kazam, Scream 2. I mean, this guy's so just he's, he's been all over the place. Yeah, he's yeah. in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Obviously very talented. No, I, I really enjoyed this movie the first time. I enjoyed it the second time as well. Special shout out to James Remar, who is the narrator, who has been in a lot of things. But famously, if I remember correctly, most famous for The Phantom. Mm. where he plays a guy who, spoilers, killed the Phantom's father, who just happened to also be the Phantom. That's not what he's most famous for, but it's the only movie I can think of off the top of my head. It's what he's most famous for in your heart. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Too Fast, Too Furious. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's been in some stuff, yeah. One of the greatest films of all time right there, yeah. That's... um, Those are my initial thoughts and opinions. Awesome. It's funny you said that you enjoyed the movie the first time and then you enjoyed the movie the second time. How many times do you think you've actually seen this movie? Ten or more. Yeah, it's it's been an easy dozen plus over the last ten years. Yeah. I it's actually... Not a, I was going to say, sorry. It, it's not yeah. an exaggeration that every girl I ever dated after seeing this movie I made watch. I'm not kidding. On our podcast, I mentioned it that I made my wife watch it. And someone that listens to our pod asked me out loud. At, well, I, I know them in real life. They were like, did you really do that? And my wife was standing next to me and she said, yes, he did. He made me watch that stupid movie with dancing. <laughs> oh, she called it stupid. Yeah. Well, well no longer friends every, with eBay. Not everyone's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she is married to you. Yeah. I actually, I fell asleep halfway through this movie the first time I saw it. That that story you told about how we started watching it at like 4 a.m. It was 4 a.m. I passed out. Sure. I, I missed the middle part of the movie. So I fell asleep. He was... <laughs> Jatro's his has been drugged and he's dancing and it's all psychedelic and then I wake up and there's a gunfight going on so I missed a <laughs> lot of this movie the first time through <laughs> I watched it again like a few days later fantastic film I, I can't agree with you more on all points the casting is superb the I could I want to talk about the script I feel like I could talk about the script and just the language used for an entire podcast. I won't everyone out there. We'll, we'll, we'll reel it in a little bit. But <laughs> the weird use of this like weird mashup of, I don't know, is it Ebonics and slang, but then taken to the next level, adding in whatever they want to add in, mispronouncing certain words just because, you know, and emphasizing different, different parts of them. The movie and the language in it feels like the fever dream of a 13-year-old. Like what they like, like what a 13-year-old thinks would sound cool in his head but would never actually work spoken aloud. But they somehow make it work in this movie. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. And what's interesting is I don't think there needs to be an appendix. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. There are things that I... There, whenever you hear them talking for the first time, you're like, what the heck did this person just say? Oh, yeah. But then I don't think you ever need it to be explained because it just makes sense that they said it. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It doesn't help that the first, the opening scenes of this movie, the whole intro, really, when they're in the club, 
it's not at least maybe it's just my blu-ray copy or the digital copies i own because i own this movie like three or four times it's not mixed very well so depending on your sound system it might be very difficult to hear what people are saying just in the intro scene you add on top of that this weird slang and and the fact that it starts in media res it starts there we're gonna go fight somebody like it's very quick with the information it gives you to set up the world that you're in and so it can be a little difficult i know i do know the first half dozen times i watched this movie is like oh that's what he says oh i get it now okay yeah that that line that line makes sense well one of my favorite examples is i think kcdc says it first he says check a look at this and (laughs) i was like what did he just say and then he said it again like later on and i'm like oh he He's saying, take a look at this. He's just using the word check instead. Yeah. I think um, uh, Stacy also says, check to look at you or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, it is a weird mishmash of different, I don't even want to say languages because it's just English, but there's definitely, like, you might need to, you might need subtitles. That's all I, I'm going to say. I disagree. See, now I want to fight you on that one. I think it's more interesting. Obviously, if you need subtitles, you need subtitles. But I did watch the first eight minutes or so, the intro of this movie with subtitles once a few years ago. And being able to read, I'm not a super fast reader, but I'm a quick reader. So being able to read a line before it's said and having that extra time to process it before someone else says something ruined the vibe of the movie a little bit for me, in my opinion. So that's just me personally. No, some other people might disagree, and it might. And if you need them, you need them. I'm not saying you can't watch it without subtitles, but like, I found it a lot more interesting to try to like piece it all together and, and get up to speed in universe by just listening to it. Did you have a, a favorite piece of slang, like a favorite line? Maybe not a favorite line, but a favorite. I mean, like you, you know exactly slang. what you know my you know exactly what my favorite. Line I'm, I'm prompting is. you for the podcast because this isn't for me. I'm not allowed. I'm to say only it. doing this for the people. I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> but yeah, no, there is there is a particular moment. If you do want to watch this movie, there's a montage towards the uh, middle end of it, and one of a uh, uh, one of the characters says, <laughs> "No, I'm not asking." <laughs> you just you, you got to be sure. Uh, that you're always you never ignorant and get getting goals, goals accomplished. Accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh um, my gosh! But yeah. That is. I actually wasn't even thinking of that when I asked you that question. Yeah. I was thinking of some throwaway line. There's the ducks. The yeah. ducks. Yes. Yeah. My personal favorite <laughs> is when Stacy says to Jatro, "Oh yeah, usually, usually a bitch has got to drop a whole pile of Lincolns to see a show like that." Oh, I didn't know this was going to be an NSFW podcast. <laughs> I don't oh. know. I'm I'm quoting the movie. I'm sorry. We said it was rated R. <laughs> I know we usually try to keep it PG. No, it's fine. It's just small lines like that. Like, okay, what did she just say? Okay, she's referring to herself, <laughs> dropping a pile of Lincolns. Oh, okay, $5 bills to see a show. So it's not even Washington's. It's not Franklin's. It's Lincoln's. <laughs> she's, you know... Not everyone's got tens, right? Yeah, I guess not. Uh, she, you know, but it's it's this weird compliment, and he takes it that way, like, oh, really? Like, oh man. So I would like to talk about some of the actors. Yeah, I know you would. We we have talked about Jason Trost a little bit. If you watch this movie and you wonder why he's wearing an eye patch, it's because he needs it in real life. I don't know why he wears an eye patch. I just know that he does, and that's cool. I mean. Only having one eye would suck, I guess. But Don't you have to like take your driver's license test more often because of your death perception issues? I don't know. Hmm. But he has been in several things. 
uncredited for a lot of it, or at least the beginning. And then he made a, the short, the FP. And then he made several other shorts. Uh, and then <laughs> he was in MacGruber. Yep. I, I actually, after watching this movie, the second, the time we watched it last, I went on his IMDb and saw those MacGruber, and I watched MacGruber and found him. So that was cool. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of his own movies, been in a lot of things. So I guess he's trying to be like a modern day auteur where you direct and act in the movies that you direct, you know, which is rad. I, I mean, I'll support him in all his endeavors. He's, he's given me a great deal of enjoyment in my life. Yes. His brother, Beatro, who's credited on IMDb as Brandon Berea. Oh, I think those are two different people, my friend. No, I'm looking right at it. Beatro. Brandon Berea. Oh, yeah, his brother in the movie, but Brandon Trost and Brandon Barrera are two different people. Oh, are they really? <laughs> yes. Oh. You well, that's not it? confusing. No, should... I'm leaving it in. Um, <laughs> Seriously? I didn't call it Brandon Trost. I said Beatro, played by Brandon Barrera. Yeah, yeah, said. you actually said his brother. It's whatever. You know, I'm going to allow it. I'll yeah, allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. allow it. He's been in some stuff. Never seen any of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, aside from the, the FP, I don't recognize anything on this guy's IMDb page, but rad. He hasn't been anything since 2018, so hopefully he gets back to work. Art Sue plays KCDC. KCDC. Probably the best character in the actual movie. 100%, yes. He was in Crank, High Voltage. <laughs> He's great in Crank, High Voltage. It's great. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> I can see on here. Balls of Fury. Uncredited, yep. but he's yep. in it. Well, him and Jason Tross were both in the uh, some Slayer music videos from their last album. Uh, okay. Which I know uh, you would not be aware of at all, yeah. but I was yeah. all over when it came out. I mean, I was going to watch the music video anyways, and then <laughs> Jatro showed up in the middle. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a second. And then Art Sue, <laughs> KCDC, and then Danny Trejo. So yeah, it was some great music videos. <laughs> Danny, I'm in a Slayer music video, Trejo. Yes. Yeah, I think he gouges some dude's eyes out. It was pretty violent. That's assault, brother. <laughs> it, it was a murder, if I recall. <laughs> Caitlin Folly plays Stacy, which, if I remember correctly, is your least favorite person in this movie, or at least maybe the internet has its biggest problem with Stacy. Does the internet have a problem with Stacy? I just I, I remember when I when we were talking about it, you said she wasn't in it, and then you were like, and that's good. <laughs> oh, I said that she's, yeah, she's not in the sequel, spoilish for the sequel, and I said that that was good. And I say that because when, in general storytelling, it was the same thing with the, I don't know how I'm making this comparison, but here it is. It was the same thing with the second season of Jack Ryan, the new Amazon Prime show, where suddenly his love interest from the previous season is just not there, not mentioned at all. And I think that's a good thing because it, it's just, it's those types of love stories or these types of those, the relationships or what have you, they can get drawn out and they become the center of everything. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to have her be part of the story, then just don't have her. Don't mention her. It's fine. It moves on. Okay. And there, you know, and then maybe there's a throwaway line that I, I just can't remember right now, but that's all I, that's all I meant. Sometimes sequels and whatnot get dragged down because they feel like they have to have all of the characters from before and, they have right. to continue everybody's story. Nothing against Caitlin Folly or, or the character of Stacy, on my part, anyways. Fair enough. James DeBello, who plays <laughs> Beatbox Busta Bill. The names of this, these characters are fantastic. Beatbox Busta Bill. He is probably the most, I don't want to say the most famous, but he was. Well, he's the only actor I immediately recognized on screen. Hmm. He is in Scary Movie 2, a bunch of other things. He was in The Rocker. A movie called Cabin Fever, uh, another one called Dorm Days, 
Swim Fan, which is where I actually recognized him from. Detroit Rock City, American Pie. Like he's just he's been in a lot of stuff, you know, okay. just not not really recently, but in the late tens. Now he's got two things in post production right now. So Yeah. Brian Goddard, who plays a character whose name I will not say on the podcast. We'll call him Sugar. Who's only got two credits. And one is the FP, and the other one is Pandemonium Minor from the t- London 2012 Olympic opening ceremonies, Island of Wonder. Well, he peaked. He didn't need to have yeah. anything else. <laughs> he was in the Olympics, man. He was in the FP, and then, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Olympics, yeah. Sure. Uh, Lee Valmassi plays L-W-E, which, didn't I break it to you that that's the word Lee? <laughs> yes you did no <laughs> you never no i don't know it. if you told me that i i think i uh, called you and was like hey i just i just realized that lwe <laughs> just spells lee that's the student's name because that's my dad's name and i remember calling and you were like yeah you idiot like yeah duh. it took me like eight years to figure that out <laughs> oh i wasn't over analyzing the fp i was just letting it i was just letting it flow L double e come on man yeah i'm sorry nick principe plays blt <laughs> He's all mysterious. Uh, he's all mysterious and shit. <laughs> he is described as abrasive and mysterious. And uh, I think that's an accurate description. He did a lot of stunt work and he's yeah. been in a lot of a lot of TV stuff, a lot of movies. So Yeah, he's got a good little he's got a good career. Yeah, good for him. He's in a lot of things that have the word Slayer in front. I don't know if that's related to the band Slayer. It must be because that's what their logo looks like. Slayer the Repent, Repentless. Oh, is he in those as well? I just didn't know it. Yeah. Interesting. There's a couple others. The only ones I'm really going to mention are Clifton Collins Jr. plays CC Jam, who is a drug dealer. <laughs> oh, God. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> Clifton Collins Jr. is most famous. I for He's been in a lot of things, but if you remember the movie Star Wars 2009, he is... Uh, one of Star the last Wars Romulans. 2009. Star Trek 2009, I'm sorry. He is one of the last Romulans to be killed uh, before the entire ship explodes. Interesting. Dolph Tiefenbach. 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 Uh, is Triple Decca 1K. Triple Decca 1000. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we great. got. Those are our principal actors. Uh, if I were to rate them, are you going to talk about Sean Whalen? Uh, no. Stacy's dad? Oh. I mean, Stacy's dad does not have it going on. So no, he does not. But he has 136 acting credits, <laughs> including apparently also the Slayer Reminless <laughs> Trilogy. I mean, he he's been in a lot of things. He's an employee of the month, Twister, Men in Black, Never Been Kissed, Magnum PI. I mean, he's, he is yeah, he's been prolific. in a lot, a lot of things. He's prolific, yeah. yeah. But yes, he was the one character who showed up on a screen and we go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, or whatever the hell that thing was back there. <laughs> If I were to rate these characters on a scale, like not a scale, but if I was to rank them from best to last, LWE gets the number one ranking because he's probably the best character in the movie. You've said this. I've heard you say this before. I, I, I am on wax. Villains are the best part of movies. Any story, any show, it doesn't matter. A villain makes whatever it is better. You can have... The best story in the world, you can have a great romance, but if you don't have a villain, there's no point. If there's nothing to disrupt the harmony, there's no conflict. No conflict, no point. LWE is Thanos-level villain. Like, he is such a disruptor in this movie. We're going to go ahead and spoil it in 3, 2, 1. Now, he is directly responsible for Beatro's death. 
He beats him in a beat beat revolution match, which causes him to. Um, he gets one eight seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not explicitly explained what exactly happens from from what I in my head canon in my this is my head canon when you begin a match of beat beat revolution. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, because go. I don't want you to mispronounce it for the rest of the podcast. It's a BB. Oh, it's BB Revelation. Revelation. Yeah, sorry, BB Revelation. When you begin a match of BB Revelation, your soul is tied to the machine. So if you do poorly enough, the machine actually kills you. I don't know if that's true yes. in the story. Oh yeah, and we see it. It's more a little bit more in the the second movie where there is actual electricity and and whatnot coming out of it. And I don't know. It's it's not also not very well explained. So yeah. Regardless, you can get injured like Sugar did, or you can even <laughs> die by losing a beat beat revelation match. You can get yes. beat beat down. <laughs> but yeah, LWE is directly responsible for Beatro's death. He steals Jatro's girl, which I actually contend that he never stole his girl because, you know, they weren't dating. Jatro was just standing there yep. with Stacy on the side. Well, she didn't have a choice. She had to date him because she it's needed true. to get booze for her dad. Yeah. Because we move <laughs> forward some time after this incident. Jatro has given up on the beat beat life. He's up in the hills cutting logs because logs are chill. <laughs> With the chainsaw that he doesn't know how to use. Uh, yeah, uh, calling you out right now, <laughs> Jatro. I don't think you... Had you used a chainsaw before? Any, anyways. <laughs> he gets brought back into the life by Casey DC because LWE's dad took a dirt nap and left him in the liquor store. And now no one can drink unless LWE says so. <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm watching, watching you say that as like the 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 end, like the, the sides of your mouth are trying not to curl into a smile. Is you can hear fun. the smile, you know? <laughs> it impacts the delivery. You gotta you gotta be good about it. And so they gotta get booze back to the streets. Because yeah. without no without no booze, there ain't no bums. And with no bums, then who's gonna feed the ducks? And how are you supposed to get your head straight if there ain't no ducks? <laughs> We're counting on you, dog. <laughs> All right. Movie is great. That's the premise. It's all about yeah. getting the ducks back by getting the liquor back by beating people in beat beat revelation matches. Oh, to answer your question earlier as to what my favorite line of the movie is, like actual line, yeah, is when J. Cho returns, he rolls up on, hold on, I always get that right, the 214, right? 245 and the 248 are the names of the gangs. Yeah, so the two, yeah, the 245 is LWE's gang. Uh, and the 248 is Jatro's gang. Well, when he rolls up on the 245, he gets pistol whipped and then wakes up a little bit later and then runs out and challenges LWE to a beat off. I challenge you to a beat off. <laughs> yes. And then LWE says, no, what you need to do is go challenge another guy named Triple Decca 1K. Uh, and if you beat him, maybe we can talk about a match. And he says, well, why can't I just fight you now? And he says, politics, bitch. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go away. That's an actual line from the movie. And I think is what like one of the funniest lines I'd ever heard in a movie. Cause it meant like every time you're, any movie that has anything to do with like a challenge, they're like, nah, yeah. man, you need to go off and do all these ridiculous Prove things. yourself and yeah, work and, your and way then you're up like, and blah blah blah. Well, and he narrows it down to two <laughs> words. And like, a why disgusted look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone ever is like, why wouldn't you just do it now? I'm out here ghost riding. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, something, uh, something Chris and I are doing for the new year is new year is in the the new year podcast is we're actually trying to uh, use our webcams and see each other and interact. And I can't look at them right now without laughing. I've minimized the discord video feed because this movie's great and he's just going to egg me on. And this is going to be our worst episode ever because for one, it's just a circle jerking around about this movie. No one's ever seen, but should. And uh, quoting lines with zero context. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so did you ever realize that the other girls from this movie are called Macy and Lacey? Yeah, they're all they're all rhyme. Macy, all Lacey, and Stacy. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a reference to... No, I don't... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to... Uh, you know, it's a reference to Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first live action, where all of the newscasters are named after their April, May, and June. Is that true? No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait. Is it which part? Like, is it true that like, it's an homage? Of course, it's not no, an homage. It's just no, funny. No, the Ninja Turtles thing. Oh yeah, yeah. The, they're then the Ninja Turtle movies, the the old live action ones. They're April, May, and June. Yeah. Ah, huh. yeah. That was completely unrelated. Uh, <laughs> well, if you think about it, Ninja Turtles is kind of like no. It uh, kind of is right. Like they lose a brother. <laughs> they have a spiritual relation with their dad eventually. They go and fight the guy, and what's the difference? They reninge, right? So, anyways, we're getting we're getting a movie ahead. Let's 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 really break this down. The movie has a you, we've talked about the, the the plot a little bit. We've set it up. You can figure out the rest of the plot on your own by watching it. Uh, we've talked about the actors. It's very well directed. It's well shot. I want to talk about the scenery. I want to talk about the sets and the costuming. It's obviously very eighties retro inspired without being blatantly just we took a bunch of clothes from the 80s and that's what the future is everybody's wearing too much clothing and too little clothing at the same time i think that's the yep. best way of putting it right and and it's hard to describe but he <laughs> but you know it's just it doesn't i'm sorry i lost it again i'm losing it over here but you know the one one character's got acid washed jeans and suspenders or what have you. And the next guy's wearing giant snow boots and a belt that has his name flashing across it in, the, in an LED or what have you. LWE likes to wear these uh, kind of overall, like not overalls, but coveralls uh, with all the logos on them. And it's half, and it's like, there's like, it's not just one, there's like four or five of them that he's wearing throughout the movie. And they're sometimes they're zipped up all the way, sometimes they're hanging off, sometimes he's wearing something underneath it, sometimes he's not. It, it's a constant shift in. From scene to scene, and what the characters are wearing, what they look like, but they all still have their own style. It's like they have they're they're following the style guide 100, percent but they're definitely shifting it around. Mm-hmm. A shout out to Sarah Trost, Jason Trost's sister, for the costuming in this movie. It's fantastic. We've talked about it in a few other episodes. The one that comes to mind is Prospect, about how the sets and the costuming really made the movie. I think even more so in the FP. Do the sets and the costuming make the movie? Yeah, it's the little things. Like it, yeah, we also 100%. talked it about. You mentioned it in Black Angel. This yes. is a short film that we watched the other day. There's a long shot of our main character, Sir Maddox, and everything you need to know about Sir Maddox you learn because you're looking at him. Yes, he's a warrior. He's road worn. His equipment's kind of beat up. He's got an axe. He's got a helmet with some dents in it. Like he's not some prissy member of King Arthur's court. Like this is a dude who's seen some stuff, he's killed some people, like he's fought Mm -hmm. and done battles and stuff. And you see a lot with this movie as well. It is supposed to be post-apocalyptic, which I assume what what happens is 
the apocalypse happens in the 80s, the mid to late <laughs> 80s. Um, and that's the reason why fashion doesn't really flash forward. That or the only thing that was left were caches of clothing from decades <laughs> past in people's yeah. attics, basements. A time capsule or something. You know, yeah. It opens yeah. up after 30 years and it's like, ooh, leg warmers. Yeah. Another thing that we didn't really mention is the music, which I think the soundtrack itself is worth the price of subscription. Mm. It's got this really heavy techno, like, I, I don't want to use the word dubstep, but I think it's not might dub. Be a, no. Not I mean, really. like, it's just, it's beyond techno. Like, it's like, oh, like, oh, this is techno, but it's like not. I can't mm. really explain it. I don't know enough about music genres it's to tell techno, anybody. Man. It's straight. I mean, it sounds like DDR music. This is what it sounds like, but it's not just random DDR music they picked up. I mean, it, the soundtrack fits what's happening. Yeah, but I mean, there's also like non-techno songs in the movie. There's a weird hip-hop influence that doesn't really go beyond the actual words that the characters say. Right. Like, we're talking about the slang and eubotics they were using. Like, they've got street names. LWE ghost rides a whip and poorly raps while he's sitting on the hood. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's it's what a 13-year-old white kid, it's what Anthony at 13 years old, <laughs> and I said, we like, yeah, that's really cool. I wish I could do that. And that's what they're doing. It's fair. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, every time I say a 13-year-old white boy, I'm thinking about me <laughs> X number of years ago. So what's funny about this particular movie is we have actually tweeted at Jatro and he has answered some of our questions. We asked one question. I was, well, I mean, you don't know what's going on in my DMs. Oh, oh fair enough. Oh, wow. Okay. All <laughs> no, right. just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I always wanted to know what the 245 and the 248 are because those aren't California area codes. You assume they are area codes, but when you look up yeah. Fraser Park, where this supposedly takes place, that's not their area codes. Yeah. So the 245 is in the south. I don't remember what state it is. You can look it up if you want. And the 248 is in the north. Michigan. And is it strange that the 248 from the north wear blue and the 245 from the south wear gray and have Confederate flag symbolism? Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. E's name is a direct reference to Robert E. Lee. Yes. <laughs> so the story behind this movie is that Jason Trust came up with the idea when he was 16 and he's playing DDR. And I think, and, and I'm, I'm adding in my headcanon, in addition to that, he was learning about the Civil War <laughs> in his history class, in whatever grade that is, 10th or whatever, his sophomore year of high school. And so that seeped into the, the mythos, if you will. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is a story about the, uh, the North defeating the South again, mm -hmm. only this time to free the booze. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not a great analogy. <laughs> It's very uh, tongue-in-cheek. It's just, I mean, I, I recognized the LWE Confederate, like, flag thing pretty early on. And then I, I think I literally asked you the question while we were sitting, waiting for the pizza arrive before we watched this movie. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tweet him. He's got Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to ask him the question. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he told us straight up. He did. And you can hear us talking about tweeting him in the sting of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, oh, do goodness. you have that somewhere? Yes, I do. We'll go ahead and uh, round out the plot here a little bit, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I, I, I've i waxed poetic. Okay. I've quoted the movie more than I've quoted any other movie. So when it comes down to it, at the end of this movie, Jatro has acquired the sufficient street cred, challenges LWE to a beat-off. He loses the first match, wins consecutive matches, 
kind of, you know, reunites with his, or not reunites, but like affirms his love with his lady, disrespects LWE in the funniest way possible. There's a gunfight in which BLT fires 15 rounds from a six shot revolver. Yes. That happens. I'm not making it. He's that mysterious. Up. Yeah. KCDC has a slingshot. Yes. <laughs> and then there is an all out fight at the gas station slash liquor store, which is actually a really impressive fight scene. I said it, you know, yeah. 10 years ago and I said it the other day when we watched it. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually hit each other because they like I feel like the cut those punches come real close to striking oh, yeah. skin. It's very well done. And then his LWE saunters off defeated, limping, beaten, broken and bloody. He was beat beat. He says, how are you doing these things, man? And then Jaytro looks at him and he says, because I'm never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. <laughs> and then the movie ends. And then there's some ducks in the post credits. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic film. Highly recommend. Like I said, if you go on Twitter, he has a link to all of his movies. Buy the FP. Support the artist. Check this out. And then when you've done ordering that, go follow us at Sci-Fi Wise Guys <laughs> nice. to round out your evening. <laughs> Did you like that? That's pretty good. Thank you. Getting better at self-promotion and self-hatred. Self-loathing. It's not quite hatred. What's it to loathe, my friend? I don't have anything else to say. This movie is absolutely worth the price of subscription, especially considering the price of subscription is you got to go buy the movie. It might be available to rent on some VOD service. Don't do that. Buy it. If you don't want to buy the Blu-ray, buy it digitally. Do whatever you got to do. It's fantastic. Uh, Let us know what you think about it at the aforementioned Twitter, or obviously you can email us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. However it is, this is one of my absolute favorite movies. It's the movie I turn on when I'm having a bad day and I just need to relax. I just need to have something on to distract me, to make me laugh, to make me forget what's going on with my life. This is the movie. Whenever people ask me what my favorite movie is, I tell them the FP 100% of the time. And then Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Just so you know how serious I am about the FP. <laughs> really? Too Fast, Too Furious? No, of course not. <laughs> I was going to say. No, obviously it's FP2. Absolutely adore this film. I'm really happy that we got to talk about it. I'm more happy that we had an excuse to get together for the first time in over a year and watch a movie, eat some pizza, and unfortunately not play DDR as I looked it up. I tried to. That try, Getting DDR equipment is expensive. Getting working DDR, DDR oh, equipment is yeah. expensive. You got anything, Chris? I just want to say thanks for everyone who's listened, is listening, or will listen. So if you really liked what you heard, head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Rate, subscribe, like, share us with your friends, share us with your enemies. And if you just got to go one step further, head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys become a patron get access to episodes early special content we recently remixed and re-released the first episode of our podcast for patrons only it's pretty good is it better i've been meaning to ask you is it better than the original cut i I do think it's better mainly because you don't there's not like choppy moments where you've cut out words that i probably shouldn't have said oh Uh, (laughs) yes yeah that that makes it easier well i had never edited anything before and now i've got a year under my belt so i expect it to be a little better uh, but I mean, the sound is definitely much improved. Uh, the movie did not get any better. No, it didn't. It, it got worse, better. actually. Yeah. Like I remember <laughs> recently thinking, maybe I'll rewatch that movie. And then I edited this episode. I'm like, no, I'm not. No. I'm not going to watch that movie. No. no. Where's the sun? 
Where is it? It's in the sky, man. Don't worry about it. I'm just saying. Don't you watch that it. entire movie and you, there's one shot of the sun. Yes, 3022 <laughs> is a horrible movie. The FP is a great movie and a great start to Jtro July. Next week, mm-hmm. we'll be reviewing FP2, Beats of Rage. I'm going to mm-hmm. read the blurb for you guys. Give you a little tease of what's coming next week. The blurb on IMDb is... Despite hanging up his boots following the events of the FP, Jatro must return to the blood sport of Beat Beat Revelation one last time. Jatro and KCDC, his mystical hype man, will quest deep into the wastes, a land destroyed by the Beat Wars, to compete in the ancient Beat Beat tournament, Beats of Rage, face AK-47, and hopefully save the world. Well, I'm looking forward to, to watching that again. <laughs> and maybe even again, and uh, talking about it and sharing it with everybody. Once again, just like Chris said, I appreciate you guys listening and for all your support this last year. Make sure to stay healthy, stay hydrated, and remember that you are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. And those 245 suckers is whack. Bye, guys. Bye. So why are they, did they say in, did they say the reason why they're called the 248 and the 245 and I just wasn't paying attention? They didn't, but I'm fairly sure it's just the area codes. Well, the area code is 661. Oh, I don't know then. Is it, what's the zip code out there? 9322 and 9325. Maybe it's just like 9322, that's not enough numbers. I'm sorry, 93222 and 93225. Well, they're the 228 and the 22. Five, right? The two four, the two four eight, and the two four five. No, oh, I don't know. Then we could ask him. Yeah, we should ask him. I'm gonna ask him. Yo, Jatro, Twitter. Hey, wanted to know why the gangs are called. The- are you just direct messaging him, or are you just, or are you adding him? I'm, uh, I'm adding him. It's important. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> are you doing it from our podcast or from your own? My, the podcast, yeah. yeah. Of course. I was just curious. I'm just curious.